All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. So I know you heard my interview there with that young Vancouver couple, right? So they're living in a basement suite in Vancouver. They're paying 1400 bucks a month, which is a smoking good deal, by it the is way. It's a good deal. And um, so they're expecting their first baby any day here now. Very happy news for them. And the landlord says, okay, that's going to cost you an extra 600 bucks yeah. a month, additional occupant. And then on top of that, the, the mother-in-law is coming to stay for a couple of weeks. To yeah. help with and the new baby. Charge you charge I've never heard of that before. Bucks I've her. not heard of that before. Yeah. So, no, this is, sounds like the landlord from hell. Um, I, <laughs> well, a deal's a deal, though. It's in the lease, though. I don't think, but I think the couple, most people would be the couple, they did not think a, an additional occupant would be a baby. You know, it would be like an adult roommate. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a landlord. We rent a basement suite yeah. in our house. If that person uh, had a baby had a baby we wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't charge another 600 bucks how much that. would you charge nothing <laughs> nothing yeah and we've had people in our in our suite in that situation we don't charge for that it's yeah. just uh you have to have some heart mm. i think and to charge for a mother-in-law Is driving it? for two weeks well yeah or a month for another 600 i mean come on yeah i mean the mother-in-law charges a little over the top but you know, I had some interesting calls from some landlords calling in who said, like, look, a deal's a deal. And you, and even if it is a baby, a baby's going to cost more money. Like, if, if for hydro or oh, minimal. water minimal. or <laughs> minimal. You're not going to turn the heat up much more because you have a baby. You're not going to use a lot of water. No, sorry. I don't care if a deal's a deal. It's um, uh, the best landlords are ones that try to make the tenants comfortable. Yeah, and make it a, a livable situation. Now if here's you just, the just exploit your lease to make another six hundred bucks is ridiculous. Okay, here's the interesting. And I'm thing, a landlord, though. and you're a landlord. Now here's the interesting thing, though. We played the clip of Ravi Kalon, the housing minister, and he says this landlord should give his head a shake. Yep. And that they're also planning some changes to the law on this. I was like, hmm, what kind of changes are you talking well, about? You're saying you're go- you're not going to be allowed to put an additional occupant clause in a lease? I've got a piece out this week. Uh, well, Ravi Kalon. You know, the guy's doing stuff. Yeah. For better or worse, you can disagree with it, whatever. But the fact is, those are four landmark pieces of legislation, and more is coming. So this housing. is a very active file yeah. on housing. And it's not just ownership. It's rentals as well. So I expect there to be some changes. I don't think you could say to landlords, you're not allowed to charge extra for extra occupants in the lease. Like, what if four or five people move in or something? Oh, right? yeah, you could do that. But, I mean, we're... I didn't hear the entire interview. Where did this $600 figure come from? Well, it, that's in the lease. Well, It, it says in the lease, it, it, an additional occupant, you, you owe me another 600 a month. And I, again, I don't think a baby <laughs> makes that call. Well, I, think, a, I think you're talking about an other adult who's putting more cost pressure on the unit. All right. Well, it's, it's an we have, boy, we have a lot well, of calls we'll on see, that. We'll see if Ravi Callum brings in changes. Well, yeah. And yeah. what would the changes say? Like, maybe it would be um, you can't charge extra for a baby. Maybe there'd be an age yeah, where it would kick be. in or something. And he's expressed know? concern before about some of the loopholes that landlords were taking advantage of. Uh, some of the strata changes, for example, Yeah, um, were fixed. And we'll see if this is fixed as well. Right. Okay, we're watching that one. All right, Vancouver Park Board. So at their meeting, they passed a motion to push push back at Ken Sim. Where you can't shut down the park board. Well, now you've right? got uh, more than I think something like two dozen ex commissioners. Yeah. From all parties banding together to sort of fight this. Yeah. And again, as, as we talked this week, um, I think Ken Sim underestimated what was going to happen here, and maybe he went too early. Now we've got two months 
for these commissioners at least two months, if not longer, to these ex-commissioners to make their case why the Parks Board should stick around, making it a much more politically problematic issue for the NDP government, who's just sort of a third party here, has no standing. Suddenly, they're the ones, though, that have to change the law. And well, it becomes a political headache for them. Well, I think, though, that Sim may detect that he's on the public's side on this and that most people are not impressed with the performance of this park board. I mean, it's just one thing after oh, another. Oh, it's the Stanley this, Park train, the aquarium. Well, now look at this, this Kitsilano pool. Yep. That's leaking 30,000 liters of water every hour. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, it's the park board's got a lot to answer for. But on well, the yeah. other hand. So they should shut it down. It's getting rid of a democratically elected body. Yeah. That becomes a bit of a bit of a well. This is another issue. one that lands in the lap of the provincial yeah. government, right? <laughs> they didn't want they didn't want this thing, and Ken Sims thrown into their lap. So, at first, my conversations with a number of ministers would say, "Yeah, sure, whatever, you know, not a big deal." Now it's becoming a bigger deal, and we'll see what happens. Let's talk about the World Cup coming to Vancouver here, and the the, the new requirements from FIFA for additional upgrades to new field. BC Place Stadium. Well, we already knew about you had to put in a, a grass turf, yep. grass field, natural grass field, but now FIFA is saying, well, now we want VIP entrances, and we want a new elevator in there, and we need more concession stands. And <laughs> this is going to cost well, a bunch of money. Well, you remember when they first balked at having FIFA in here, John Horgan. Uh, said they want a blank check. That's right. And this is exactly what's uh, coming true. On the other hand, you could argue, is this an excuse to basically upgrade a much-needed upgrade of BC Plus? Well, they just spent half a billion upgrading it. Well, how long well, ago was that upgrade? It was the roof and, and, yeah. and stuff. It wasn't more of the amenities that FIFA's looking for. But, again, this is well predicted. FIFA wants a blank check. And once, yeah. you're, once you're into this thing, you're sort of stuck. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. FIFA wants a banquet room and lounge, dressing rooms, merchandise store, VIP entrance, suites and hospitality space, and elevator. elevators? They want more elevators? Let's listen to BC Tourism Minister Lana Popham on this. Let's have a listen. FIFA has a lot of requirements, as you probably have guessed. We're also interested in what other type of facilities around the city and the province are going to uh, prove to British Columbians that this was a good investment. Yeah, so she continues to, t to talk about the benefits of the World Cup. Here's Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim on the World Cup. Have a listen. This is a Super Bowl on steroids, and we're probably going to host at least five, if not more, of these events. The whole world is going to be looking at Vancouver, and the build-up to the event is going to be amazing, and then the spin-offs after are going to be significant. Okay, so it's going to cost more money. Maybe it's worth it. Oh, it's going to cost more money. Uh, I think it's worth it. I think it's a it's once in a lifetime chance. Um, I don't agree with this this sort of uh, cheap skate approach. We shouldn't spend money on anything to have nothing. Yeah. So I think there's some of the opposition to this is similar to the opposition of Expo '86, where there's a lot of oh, don't do this. But Expo '86 proved to be a smashing success. FIFA is going to cost money. There's no question. Hopefully, and I heard the interview with uh, Popham yesterday, that some of these uh, uh, amenities that have to be built in have lasting power and yeah. are continue to benefit patrons of these facilities in the years ahead. But you made a great point earlier that the, the government did a flip-flop on this because okay. originally the, the John Horgan government, when Horgan was premier, said they told FIFA to pound sand and get lost. We didn't want the World Cup. Because FIFA wanted all the uh, basically a blank check that we could come back to you later and, and demand more mm -hmm. more money, more improvements. 
and now that's exactly what's happening. It doesn't seem that some of the stuff FIFA is looking for is what was predicted in the past. I mean, we're, we were talking about, and maybe it's still there. I don't know, uh, like a, a huge hydro grid. Yeah, they wanted they wanted like a, a separate power, power grid in yeah. case there's a power failure. And I haven't seen that, and that that would be a very expensive thing. Yeah, you know, it strikes me the main putting in elevators. Yeah, would probably be a very costly thing. Yeah, in BC, Plus. and we still don't know the price of this. By the way, no. these these improvements. Okay, we. But hey, can, we get five games. Yeah, yeah. Well, Maybe. I mean, it will be. Let's let's face it. It'll be awesome, it's right? It's going to be a big. It'll be thing. fun. It's going to be a big deal. I say, okay. still green light. Okay, uh, Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke. Let's finish up on this. Spending the city of Surrey spending five hundred thousand dollars on an ad campaign. This includes billboards and flyers. Uh, to fight against the forced Surrey police transition in Surrey. Let's listen to the mayor here. Oh, the public needs to know uh, what this is all about, what this NDP police force is going to cost them. We keep hearing from the public that they don't know the cost. Well, we're going to tell you the costs. We're telling you the costs on billboards, and we're going to send you a note right to your, to your household. And she says the cost is an, an additional $446 million over the next 10 years. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, no <laughs> one's ever shown the math on this thing. But it's basically a pre-election advertising campaign. I mean, this is Brandon Locke's uh, re-election campaign, is to turn any property tax increase into an NDP police tax. Yeah. That's what that is. And uh, it's not going to turn back the decision. It's The, the decision's done. It's not going to change. I don't think their court challenge is going to succeed. So it's, um, you know, Doug McCallum, former mayor, issued a news release yesterday condemning Brenda Locke for this expenditure. Wasting money. But, you know, Brenda Locke's... 500000 bucks. Brenda Locke's looking ahead uh, about re-election, and these ads, I think, are exactly designed for, for enhancing her argument. Here's one of her opposing uh, Surrey City councillors. This is Doug Elford. Have a listen to what he says about this. Why are we doing this when really it is uh, fighting a campaign that is really the decision's been made for the SPS? Okay, he says the decision's already been made, so let's stop fighting I, it and wasting money. I don't know why the the non-lock forces on city council are always so quiet. I mean, that's a rare instance of one of the members going public. You don't yeah. see a pushback at the council level. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, too much of what's going on. It's really mm. it's really kind of a silent council. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Barry and Langley. Hi, Barry. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. I'm a retired lawyer, and uh, I have a possible legal solution to that couple. Uh, there is uh, a lot of lawyers don't even know this, but the Supreme Court, like we have the provincial court, Supreme Court, Court of Appeal, the Supreme Court has an inherent jurisdiction called the Parents Patriae Jurisdiction, literally means father of the country, and it's a jurisdiction that allows a judge to make rulings uh, that uh, uh, that favor children. In this case, they could make a, an order that uh, under under that lease, a, a new baby is not an occupant. It would be a simple application to the court, to the Supreme Court, and a judge may not do it, but but it is a legal way, and I think a judge probably would do it. Uh, it's again, it's a parent, P-A-R-E-N-S-P-A-T-R-A-I, patriarch. 
And uh, as I say, I think a lot of judges don't uh, don't know uh, don't know about it. A lot of lawyers don't know about it. I've actually used it once before, very successfully. So mm. maybe they should hire. Of, maybe they should hire you. I don't think they got a lot of money, though. Would you take the case I, for free, pro bono? I'm a I'm a retired lawyer. <laughs> well, you could do. You got time on your hands then. Maybe you could help they, them out. They, uh, they uh, you know, they they probably might find a lawyer who would do it just on a on a uh, on a uh, pro bono basis. Okay. Uh, or right. maybe, maybe maybe legal aid. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the call. Very interesting. The couple's listening. Maybe they should take that advice. Yeah, well, legal yeah. aid, if, if that's an avenue for recourse. Well, Again, yeah. You and I were talking off, off here. There's a difference between a baby, which can often be unexpected, well, yeah. and, and bringing in an adult or an older teenager into the home, yeah. um, which I think would fit most people's definition of what that lease is talking so about. The other option she has, of course, is to fight it at the residential tenancy branch. Yeah. But if it's in the lease, I'm not sure what recourse you well, have. Well, maybe Rabbi Kalin's going to amend that Residential Tenancy Act to clarify what is actually meant by an additional occupant. occupant. Yeah. Put an age limit on it. Alex in Richmond. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. My call. I think I think the guy's a bit of a goof, but saying that about the rent, of course, but saying that uh, babies do take a lot of energy, you know, a lot of water, a lot of washing clothes, might require a little bit more heat, that sort of thing. And then just going on with Brenda Locke, uh, I'm so glad I don't live in Surrey. I mean, <laughs> she would never get my vote. And I can't believe the money she is wasting. It's mine, but I don't live in Surrey, and I'm furious at her just for wasting all that money. Yeah, 500000 on the sad campaign. Well, this has the risk of coming back to bite her, you know. I mean, it's one thing to advertise this is going to cre- increase taxes, but if if she has an effective opposition, which I have yet to see, mm-hmm. I mean, there's really no opposition in Surrey standing up to, to the arguments there. But if they organize and start making that the centerpiece of their campaign, this $500,000 ad campaign is a total waste of tax dollars, that yeah. could come back to hurt her. Let's go to Brenda in Burnaby. Hi, Brenda, go ahead. Brenda? Oh, hi. I just wanted to say the NDP government has to wear this rental fiasco. If they allowed landlords a reasonable rental increase, landlords wouldn't grab at straws. Maybe if they just allowed landlords to raise the rent equal to the property tax raise in in the city they're in, rents would go up at a reasonable rate. Thank you, Brenda. Yeah, that's interesting. Of course, most many city councils are having seven, eight double-digit property tax increases, but that is not reflected in rent increases. Right, obviously, which yeah. is capped at you know two or three and a half percent next year. Percent, I think, yeah, yeah, for next year. So it's not keeping pace with property tax. No, so Brenda's right. Lisa in Surrey. Hi, Lisa. Go ahead. I guess uh, super quickly with uh, FIFA, I think we absolutely need to invest. We've got Invictus games. We've got Rugby Sevens that come every year. And I, I just hope they fix the speakers in time for the Rolling Stones concert coming up in July. Um, and then for Brenda Locke, I 100% support her. I don't think most people know about the Me Too clause, and it, which is going to cost us far more than the $500,000 to let citizens of Surrey know how much this transition is actually what's, what's the meat, What's the Me Too clause? What's that? That's the one where the city of Surrey get paid the same as any other municipal. So now we have to pay them the same as the Vancouver Police Board. So all the, so this is now going to cost us way more than Doug McCallum okay. ever said it was going to cost. Thank you, Lisa. Not that sure. True. Not sure about that. What you mean by that? It's interesting about back to the stadium and, and the amenities. There is this rising call. Do we need another stadium somewhere? Yeah, maybe Surrey. Ooh. 
Ooh, that, yeah. Well, that, didn't that, that, McCallum wanted to? McCallum wanted that. Yeah. I don't think that debate's over. 